finally we have our intro music. If you've never been here before, welcome. This is the Wrigley Report podcast. This is Big Cynical Ben on top of this. You can find us at medium.com slash the dash Wrigley dash Rapport, R-A-P-P-O-R-T, because we're super fancy up in this. My name is Big Ben. You can find me on Twitter at Wrigley Podcast, or if you like to get into the cultural aspect of things and some politics, you can follow me at Big Ben KC. That is my personal. If you don't like politics, stay out of it. I always uh, try to live stream the Cubs games from the Wrigley Report podcast Twitter handle. Do some silly polls. It's a lot of fun. But today it's all about the coach, Joe Madden. We've got a lot of other podcasts out there that question Madden's approach to pitching. They question Madden's patience, they question Madden's ability to make good decisions, because what if we had lost the seventh game of the World Series? Would Joe Madden still be the coach of the Chicago Cubs? Let me answer that for you. A long time ago, I did a a rundown of the history of Joe Madden, and he had done a lot of work in the minor leagues with a lot of young guys. And he had seen a lot before, you know, in the race system before he'd come up. And he had watched young players blossom into juggernauts over time by using patience, trusting in their ability, giving them confidence. That's what he does as a coach. That's why Chicago was the key place for him. That's why Joe Madden won the World Series. That's why it wasn't Lou Pinella. That's why it wasn't Dale Swam. I mean, it was Joe Madden. He had the patience had the patience to see it through. And that's what separates him from other coaches. Has the ability to see the big picture. If anybody's out there have ever heard of a football coach named Dick Vermeil. He started with Philadelphia. He took the Eagles to the championship game, NFC championship game, and Back in the day. Then he took the uh, St. Louis Rams. Then he won a Super Bowl with them. Highly improbable Super Bowl winners. But me, I remember his time in Kansas City the most. Not only because I'm from Kansas City, but... Because when he would take questions at a news conference... Dick Vermeil, gray hair, glasses, standing up there in front of the media... He would always do something unique. He would always wear his Rams Super Bowl ring. Chiefs polo, you know, bottle of Coca-Cola in front of him. Chiefs background behind him. But he would wear that Super Bowl ring. And when he would get questions from the media, are you sure you're making the right decision? Are you sure that this player needs to be here? Why are you doing this? If they're ever asking me any questions, you know, really digging into him, trying to question his ability to lead the team, all they would hear is knock, knock, knock on the podium. He would knock his ring against the podium with his right hand. And he would just stand there. And he'd just looking over the crowd of reporters as if to say, I, I've got a Super Bowl ring, fellas. 
Next question. <laughs> and and that's what I think Joe Mann's doing in his subtleness, his constant defense of his players, and his ability to protect the guys who play for him. Remember, these guys are, are early to mid-20s. We are witnessing the youngest Cubs team in many, many moons, uh, one of the youngest team in the majors, especially when we won the World Series. And our core guys are still in their young to mid-20s. So they need a coach who has their back. They need a coach who has the confidence in them enough in order to push the media away from them and stop the questioning and tell the guys behind closed doors, hey, don't worry about what they say. I got your back. And this can be a double-edged sword. It really can. You, I, I, I've said before, Joe is patient to a fault. And what that means is he's patient for guys to perform on the field even when overwhelmingly, statistically, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Uh, last year, the leadoff spot with my boy Schwarber, Schwarb, a spirit animal, kept throwing him up there in the leadoff. Kept throwing him up there and throwing him up there. And he was having difficulty. Dude was having long hitless droughts and he was pulling walks, but he, he wasn't getting hits. He wasn't getting contact. It was like warning track paw flies or he was getting walks, which was, you know, it was solid if you're good on base percentage guy, but I'm, I'm really not. I'm an old coach. So how I look at it is he was waiting for the performance to be there. Didn't really pan out last season. This season, the big question is you Darvish and our pitchers, especially in the bullpen. Well, let's, let's take a look at his patience with you Darvish, because this is the one spot where it's either going to really pan out in a big way and you is going to finally get over the hump in the end of the playoffs or it's going to blow up in our faces as Cubs fans collectively and you is going to tank but right now looks like you Darvish has gotten a grasp on things pitched to Jem last time he went out for the Cubs kept runs off the board hitting his spots Joe looks like he's done a really good job with giving you Darvish the space, protecting him from outside influences, and keeping his head in the game and not on the pressure associated with it. If Joe Mann can separate the Chicago Cubs from pressure to win the World Series in 2016 after a 108-year 100 winless streak, dude's a saint. This ain't nothing. You just got around into form. He didn't show up with the Cubs until... It was near opening day, for crying out loud. He barely made it to spring training on time. Dude held out well to the end of the offseason. So, how I see it is, when a new player gets on a team, there's an adjustment period that must take place for the team to coalesce around the vision. Now, where the vision comes from, usually going to be guys who are leadership roles, uh, the coach can set out the vision, but it's the team's got to coalesce around leaders in the locker room. And when people put aside their egos and they coalesce around a team goal, that's where the team comes from. That's where the strength of the team comes from. That's where guys 
put their egos aside to win ball games together. It doesn't matter who gets the glory. It only matters if we play well together and win games. That's when the middle infielders start reading each other's minds. That's when the pitcher starts trusting his catcher. And you has to have a translator at all because he doesn't speak the language on top of everything else. So it really stretches out the amount of time that you has in order to coalesce with the with the rest of the core of the team. Of the of the pitching t- of the pitching staff of his catchers of the rest of, of the offense and defense around him, so it's really been a mammoth undertaking as far as what we've seen from you, Darvish, be able to become the pitcher that we've all seen him be in the past statistically. So the amazing thing is Joe is. I firmly believe Joe's going to turn him into a success. I think Hugh Darvish is going to be a success story by the end of the season. Um, let's take a look at another guy. Albert Almore Jr., the dude with the funky eyebrows. Looks like he's the guy at the end of the bar working on his eyebrow game. And that picture, they show up there every time he's a leadoff hitter. Guys putting the ball in play. Guys getting solid knocks, getting solid on base. And he's a defensive juggernaut. Making highlight real plays, which has been super impressive. Didn't really even see it coming, except probably a bunch of the Almora Hawks out there are going to say, we always saw it coming. Yes, you always saw it coming. Go ahead. I didn't see it coming. There you go. I'm I'm just a guy. I'm just a Cubs fan. But Almora's going to be our leadoff hitter, and I think he's the answer eventually to the leadoff spot. Um, to be determined still... The jury's still out on Ian Happ. Hashtag strikeout artist. Dude strikes out every which way, all the time. Finds ways to strike out. 3-0 count, he's going to strike out. Until he doesn't. Until he he hits the ball over the wall. Until he hits a bases-clearing double. Bases-clearing triple. Until he sets the stands on fire by belting one down the line into the corner. I mean... Dude's on fire. He had his game uh, a couple games ago. He just he was on he was he was on base every single at bat. It seemed like he was getting a knock. He was putting runners in, and then the next game he strikes out five times. So the jury's still out. I I conventional wisdom is on the strike zone. If you don't have a good grasp on where that strike zone is by your major league debut, then you're not going to get a good grasp of the strike zone. Like Kyle Schwarber, my boy, Schwab, he's got a great grasp of the strike zone because he works walks extremely well. Anthony Rizzo as well, great grasp of the strike zone. Ian Happ, I'm not so sure. Sorry, guys. Gotta be better than this. And Joe is, if Joe's still going to fork him over there, I mean, I can see him batting 8th, I can see him batting 7th. Let's let him get his feet under him. The pitcher's have gotten enough film on him to adjust from 2017, and so they've adjusted. Now, the question is, can Ian Happ readjust to those adjustments, which is always the game. Defense adjusts to offense. Offense has got to readjust to defense. Defense has got to readjust to offense. So can Ian Happ adjust? Well, jury's still out. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I'm going to be honest. It doesn't look good. Carl Edwards Jr., doesn't look good. 
Everybody remembers him. He was lights out. I call him the notorious Carl Edwards Jr. Because the last two years, if he gets three clean outs in an inning, nobody on base, he's going to wipe the floor with the batters. Just ridiculous movement. And then all of a sudden he gives up a stinker. And then another one. And then another one. It's like 2018. You got one amazing outing. Oh my goodness. Notorious is hitting the spots. He's in the flow. He's got his groove. He's settled in. He gets in there and boom, boom, boom. Strikeout, ground out, strikeout. Walking off. That's my eighth inning guy. That's Notorious. And then the next inning he's just like, eh. Next game. Eh. Double, triple, home run. Blow the lead. Everybody hates him. Hate mail. Relocation to Canada. The works. The jury's still out on whether or not Joe Madden's patience is going to pay off for CJ. And some people are even talking about Wilson after blowing that save the other day. Now, the guy's been lights out for the most part this season. Guys can just have off days. But Joe still has the faith enough to put him in in a situation where he's got to get an out. And when you're in that situation, you've got to hit your spots. You've got to buckle down. You've got to bear down, focus in, and hit the strike zone. And trust that your defense is going to do the job behind you. It's a two-edged sword with Joe Madden. Patience is either going to pay off in a big way with Darvish or Almora. Or patience is going to come bite you in the rear like happened or CJ. And jury's still out. Let's hope they come back around. That's all Joe. And if you question him about it, all he's going to do, he's going to take that big fat ring with 108 diamonds. He's going to tap it on the podium. Because he don't need to answer nothing to nobody. He has earned his time as the Cubs skipper. And nobody can question him about it. Especially not the media. So Joe's going to Joe. And the Madden way is going to continue in Chicago. Hey, if you haven't heard, Wrigley Report has a sponsor. We're being sponsored by WrigleyvilleSports.com. Wrigleyville Sports, right across from Wrigley Field, Chicago, Illinois. They're running a special for Mother's Day and Father's Day. If you enter the code PARENTS2018 at checkout, you can get 10% off. On an order less than $100, or if you spend over $100, you get free shipping and 15% off your order. So remember, that's Parents2018 at checkout, WrigleyvilleSports.com, right across from Wrigley Field, Chicago, Illinois. All right, let's change gears here. This offense has been driving me nuts. Because either we're scoring 20 runs or we're not getting on the board. Runners in scoring position have been left to die on the base paths in levels that were not seen since World War I. For crying out loud, Cubbies, offense is killing me. Neighbors can hear me yelling at the TV. You got two different trains of thought. I went over this on my most recent article called Occam's Razor. It's up at the Wrigley Report website on medium.com. 
and I went over how either there's one camp that says the offense stinks, clear house, start the rebuild, and there's the other train of thought that says defense hasn't been good enough and the approach stinks. The talent's there on offense and the approach stinks. If you read my article, I basically take whichever take has to make fewer assumptions is most likely the take that is accurate. And in this case, fifth in Major League Baseball in errors. Let that sink in. Take a moment. We're fifth in errors overall. That stinks. That's like 2005 Cubs bad. Dear Lord. Our defense has not been making our pitching better. Good defense makes good pitching better. And great defense makes good pitching great pitching. Elite pitching. Madden's taking our starters out of the game because he doesn't want to burn out our starters. Joe Madden knows that our team is built on our starting rotation. And he's not about to send them on a 250-inning season. He's going to put them in the game. He's going to let them work. And then he's going to take them out early. 80, 90 pitches. You know why? Because this is May. I mean, really. It's May. Everybody out there getting panicked? It's May. Everybody calm down. Okay? Yes, we're not first place yet. Only a couple games out. Take a deep breath. But scoring in the bunches and then straining runners in scoring position is problematic for the offense. What could explain this? As a coach, you can see things that other people can't see in the way a hitter approaches a count. Another reason I don't like the numbers, guys. Statistics have their place. You've got to watch the games. You've got to watch the guys. You've got to see how they take their swings, how they take their approaches, how aggressive they are on the base paths, how how, uh, how efficient they are on the infield, turning two, getting the grounder and scooping and throwing. Now They're not lollygagging in the outfield. They aggressively call fly balls. They don't just all stand around with their hands in the air. I thought you had called it as it bounces on the ground for the guy already around in second base. It's the approach. It's how players play the game from a day-to-day basis. Baseball is a marathon. And I don't understand why the Cubs are playing it like a sprint. The Cubs players are playing it like it's a sprint. Like They have to be the one guy to hit the ball out of the park because it's game five or six in the Dodgers NLCS series from last year. And they got to be a Miguel Montero hitting a grand slam. No, 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 no. No. May. We are in May. Hit score runs. Small ball wins games. You can walk to the division leaderboard. Or the top of the division leaderboard. You can walk there if you take the balls. If we're trying too hard at the plate to hit home runs over the wall, we become complacent in our ability to manufacture runs with the small ball. Singles and doubles won the World Series for the San Francisco Giants and the Kansas City Royals. Ain't no reason it can't get us into the playoffs again and win our division. Guys are taking hacks so hard they're going to a knee. They're spinning around. Their helmets are coming off. El Mago, I'm looking at you. 
you're hitting a home run every game or two, and then you're striking out, and it looks so ridiculous. It's on Sports Center's not top ten. You look ridiculous. Come on. Our approach should be to make contact with the ball, not to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Our approach should be to stroke the ball through the infield, not to hit the ball over the wall. If we are worried more about our swing angle than we are about the strike zone, then we are not going to get hits. Base runner score runs. You got to get on base first. Stop trying to hit home runs. This strike differential with Ian Happ is killing me. He is a strikeout artist, and he will continue to put the Cubs in a bad situation if he doesn't stop swinging at balls outside the strike zone. Watch his head next time he pulls out. He's going to pull his head trying to hit the ball over the wall next time he strikes out. That's the sign of a player who is desperate to hit a home run or is nervous that he will not be able to get a hit if he doesn't swing with everything he's got. There are times to swing with everything you've got out of your shoes, but take a note from the team captain, Anthony Rizzo, or if you got two strikes on you, you choke up. Lay down a bunt. Get to first base. Keep the line moving. This isn't hard, but it is because they're young guys. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They're young guys who have the weight of the the world on their shoulders. Last year, they sunk into a championship hangover for the first half of the season. The errors resurfaced at the beginning of this year because they're not focused. Now they're settled in. Now, guys, it's time to settle in. It's time to win some games. There's no reason why we should be this far down the standings. We should be in first. We should not be in fourth. Yes, it's early, but the approach does not inspire confidence. Need to leverage our defense to make our starters better because we have the best rotation in baseball, bar none. You can throw anybody at them. I don't care. Bring New York Yankees to town. I don't care. If we got our defense in line, our starters will shut them down. That's all I got for today. We're starting to set with the Indians today. Take those bad boys down over there in Wrigley. Get some hometown cooking. And we'll get back on this winning streak. This is Big Cynical Ben for Wrigley Report Podcast. Follow us online at medium.com slash the dash Wrigley dash Rapport. You can find us on Twitter at Wrigley Podcast. We're going to be live streaming the games. Give me a heads up. Give me a high. Shoot me some questions if you got any. DM me. I'm always available on Twitter. Be happy to answer your questions next podcast. I'll get it when I can. So until next time, I'll see you. Let's go Cubs.